0: Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the VChat podcast. I'm Simon Seagrave from techhead.co. And I'm David Davis from virtualizationsoftware.com.
1: And I'm Eric Siebert from vSphereLand.com.
0: How are you going, guys? Good to see you again. Hey, this must be a record. This is uh, t- two podcasts. This is our second podcast within two weeks. So uh, it's good. But sort of, we're back on the rails again. This is uh, this is looking positive. <laughs>
1: sure, yeah, good to make your schedule.
0: Hey, so since we last called up a couple of weeks ago, what are what you guys been up to? So, uh, Eric, what, what have you been up to in the last couple of weeks?
1: Uh, still getting settled in at, at the house. Um, and then the Mad Dash to VMworld and that. Got four sessions, so trying to get all the decks done now for that. Actually, one's a panel, so I don't have to do a deck for that. But trying to get that all nailed down. i uh, been doing the VMUG World Tour, and that was at uh, Indy last week. Uh, which is the biggest fee mug in the world well maybe not in the world but in the u s at least um, they had eight hundred and sixty actual attendees and um if you look at kind of their um, the number of sponsors they have compared to some of the other events they had about seventy sponsors So, really big solutions area um, where you can go and meet with all the vendors and that um, I brought a virtual rack to the uh to the show and that which uh, everybody was kind of oohing and all on on kind of one of those so big- So, so Eric, what is a virtual rack? Do you you, you just sort of turn up with
0: sort of – is it like an air guitar? You sort of turn up and here's the virtual rack
1: and it's uh, it's all running in the cloud. How does that work? It's kind of cool because what it is is, um, you know, it simulates a physical rack. And it um, essentially is a full traditional rack. And what it has is two monitors inside of it turned sideways. So they completely fill the inside of the rack cavity. And the back of the unit is simply there's a, a shuttle PC back there. And um, that PC runs the kind of special um, software or whatever it is that kind of powers it and the whole racks interactive so you can touch on the various components I can bring up different storage units and that and um, you know have the rack configured with servers and storage you can touch on them and find information about them real cool thing is you can hit a a button and have it flip and see the back view so it's like you are looking at the back of the servers or storage and that all the the plugs and interconnects and all that stuff so Really neat. Really, uh, people were all like, "Oh, this is so cool!" And then even other vendors were coming over and saying, "Oh man, that thing is so cool!" And that, but great way to bring stuff to the show without actually having to bring in that heavy equipment and power it and the noise and all that stuff. And it's really interactive.
0: Man, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I know. Uh, a couple of years ago, Cisco did something similar. It was like a rack, but they 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 like you say they had the uh, the vertical place screens on there. But that was more like a demo environment where you could click on the components and then. I can't remember what that technology's called, but uh, you, you could spin the uh, product around. So like, um, I think they were using it quite a bit from memory. Uh, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of the product now, can't remember. But anyway, you could spin spin the appliance around three dimensionally and look in and sort of drill into it. But that said, it wasn't a real world application as such. It was just purely just for demo purposes only. Um, but uh, yeah, that, 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 I, I, I had a bit of a play with that and that was awesome. So I can imagine what the, uh, the HP one was like there. That, that was, been. I mean, been uh, be pretty pretty amazing
1: yeah yeah that, that was fun and, and overall the show was good and then i'm going out to chicago the next one uh in september and that um saw chris wall at indy um he was out there with his uh new company and that and um overall really good show really good traffic and that um they had a uh, kid colbert was there for the the keynote speaker and that um talking about uh native cloud apps and uh really good events so yeah the v mugs are, are definitely fun you know if you haven't been to one definitely go to one they're, they're all over the country in that you know the, the the season tends to be from march to they wrap up at about september october and that but they're great events and there's typically always one kind of near you in your region and that, no matter where you are
0: Oh, definitely definitely that's pretty sizable as well i mean in europe here the largest one i know of it's got to be holland the Dutch, the Dutch VMug they hold. I, I can't remember. It's either once or twice a year. Okay. At least the large one they do anyway. The, the the national one. That's that's massive. That thing. I mean, that's like a small mini VM world almost. Um, yeah, the Dutch seem very passionate about their virtualization. <laughs> which yep. you can tell from the bloggers. You know the uh, you know the Duncans. Yeah, what uh, Duncan's of this world.
1: <laughs> they actually did some cool things this time at this one to kind of spice it up because you know, traditionally it's like a mini own world, like you said, um, but they're trying to make it a little bit more fun and that not just be a dry conference. So at the back, they had a vending machine, and at this vending machine, if you tweeted um, with a hashtag IndieVMug and give me free stuff. <laughs> um, a little gift would pop out right away as soon as you tweeted that. Um, it would show on the screen on the vending machine. This little gift was like a charger or something and that would pop out of the vending machine for you to get. Um, they also had a little race car thing in the back um, where you could drive uh, race cars. they had a little uh, uh, blackjack table set up too and, and other things and uh, so they're really going all out now trying to make them you know a bit more interesting, fun, and um, you know not just kind of the dry, kind of things you know talking to vendors and watching sessions and that but just making them a little more fun and interactive for people to kind of enjoy themselves while they're there
0: wow that sounds awesome yeah i have to uh have to try and find an excuse to head over there one day and uh and attend Yeah,
1: yeah they're fun good events yeah, yeah, the Indy
2: VMug amazes me. Nothing against Indianapolis, but that they can get you know eight hundred and sixty people uh, to Indianapolis. Uh, it's not exactly known as the tech you know mecca. It's not uh, Silicon Valley or you know yeah. some, Boston or something like that. So yeah, I know, really,
1: I'll tell you why and I found this out this last VMug because um, the, the guys I was with that were the local guys were asking everybody where you're from, so they pull from Illinois, Kentucky. Ohio, and Indiana, kind of where they're centrally located there, that's why they're so big in that. There's a lot of people coming from Illinois, some from Louisville, Kentucky, some from Ohio, the Indy folks, so that's why um. Uh-huh. Even Chicago, people come down. So so that was why. Because I was always curious, too. I'm like, Indy? You know, you don't think of them as that big? How could that be the biggest? You know, right. Chicago would be bigger or something. But that's why, because of that location there, they pull from about four or five major metropolitan areas, and that's why they get that many people.
2: Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, and then I know they have a huge group of guys who you know, volunteer their time and spend all, you know, many months ahead of time planning and and campaigning like to get, you know, the very best speakers and, and like you said, the co- the coolest, you know, gadgets and, and freebies and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's a very cool, very cool event.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, a lot of work definitely goes into it. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to attend the Singapore National v at the start of the year and the people behind the scenes there, you know. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to talk to a couple of the guys there, and the amount of hard work, sweat, and tears that goes into uh, pulling these events off is just huge. Um, actually, one of the best events I, I probably ever attended in in the US. You know, I've always enjoyed the VM Worlds, but uh, um, it's Barrow Madness. Uh, I know, oh, yeah, David, the, you've, you, you've attended very before, the very Madness, but that's always got a really good buzz to it, and they do a great job at uh, you know creating a
2: real sort of atmosphere around the event.
1: And they theme it around the NCAA tournament, too, in that, right? The March Madness. Yes, yeah, yeah.
2: It's all about the basketball games, and they have a bunch of uh, different contests related to that. And, I mean, they, they do some crazy stuff, too. They had a flash mob the day that I was there. Everyone started dancing, and they had, like, Transformers transformers walking around in oh. suits, and uh, so, yeah, really cool event. I hope that they continue that with, I know uh, Vera was purchased Recently, by uh, Sirius you know, so I hope they they continue that event because i personally i 'd like to go back, but um, yeah, so now it 's all about the push to to vmworld. Um, yep. Simon, what are you doing to get ready for vmworld uh, a,
0: a couple i 've got a couple of demos uh, i 'm pulling together uh, for, for that, so uh, i 'm not too sure whether i 'm heading over there yet actually, so i 'm uh, still waiting and seeing, so I may or may not be going. Um, so yeah, I've just got to watch this space and see uh, see whether I uh, can purchase a plane ticket or not. <laughs> <laughs> if not, I might just have to take some time off work. I think and uh, you know get a get a cheap hotel and a cheap flight over. I don't, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, yeah. What about yourselves, David? Are you uh, you, are you uh, attending this year?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll be there. Uh, I'm just trying to complete my my Visa six uh, fundamentals course before VM World, so I can say it's it's available and ready and. Also, working on a, a, a book for a, a vendor about hyperconvergence. And so, just a lot of stuff to do. And then, you know, all the planning around, you know, schedules. You know, I, I am now going to be a tech field day delegate at, at VMworld. Um, Stephen Foskett has a, a great VMworld um, tech field day event going on. Uh, it's like a four day, half day thing. So, one of the days I'll, I'll be th- at that. Um, and then just trying to, you know, work out the schedule of all the different events and, and parties and get togethers and meetups and uh, Eric what what are you doing at VMworld?
1: Um yeah, kind of be you another know, crazy one. Uh, I got four sessions I'm participating in, so that'll be that'll be fun. One yeah. one got stuck on Thursday, so I uh, stuck there that extra day. Um <laughs> And then, you know, just all the usual stuff, you know, checking out things. Um, you know, HP has a bunch of things going on. So we got two booths there and that. We're doing a a race car thing in one of the booths and that where people can interact or race against each other and all that. And um so just yeah, involved a lot involved in the planning and that and um and um you know, typically when you're there it's all whirlwind and that that it seems to all just kinda of fly by in that and, <laughs> and so many things to do, so little time, and that you know the vendor parties are all starting to hit now on that, and of course, there's always conflicts there on which one do you pick, which one do you go to, and that of course, the uh, the veeam party is probably the best one to see, and uh I imagine they'll be having that again as well, so that'll be a, a good one to catch and uh so but yeah it's just uh trying to get ready now and uh looking forward to getting there yeah, and just uh, just to let everyone know as well, there will be a
0: v VB's um, as as per normal. Um, it should be, I'm just uh, just confirming the details at the moment, but it'll be the usual uh, at the Chieftain on the Saturday night. Uh, we'll kick things off around about 5.30 or 6 until when the last person leaves. So, uh, you know, great, great community gathering there, great social catch-up. So, uh, you know, come along for uh, you know a, a drink or two and some food and, uh, yeah, it'd be great to meet up with folks there.
1: And the VM Underground I haven't heard anything of. I haven't really looked either, but... I don't know if that they kicked that off yet, or the the ticket, the mad dash for tickets to that. Or <laughs> I know it's at the same place. I think I read something on that 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 the uh, Metreon.
0: Yeah, I mean those guys talking about hard work and you know putting hard work into these events. I mean those guys, yeah, really do put a lot of time and effort, especially as it's grown as well over the years. You know it was probably you know quite straightforward in the early days, but yeah, I know those guys put a lot of uh, a lot of legwork into making making that event happen. So uh, you know full credit to them.
1: Yeah,
0: for sure,
2: it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: Dave. So, David, what, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks?
2: Um, you know, just working on on video training. Um, did a, a big data protection megacast uh, this week, um, talking about data protection for for three hours uh, live online over the <laughs> over the uh, over the the webinar uh, uh, feeds there. So that was uh, pretty tiring, but also a lot of fun. Um, and then, you know, just getting getting ready for VMworld, trying to figure out, you know, the schedule. Um, I've been using my home lab a lot um, to create this vSphere 6 training. And uh, the home lab that I'm using actually today is much different from, you know, that in the past. In the past, I always had hardware servers and uh, a, a dedicated, you know, NAS. And now it's really amazing what I've, I, I've been impressed with what I've been able to pull together just uh, all virtual. You know, inside I've got an iMac uh, with a, a terabyte of, of PCI Flash and 32 gigs of RAM. And with VMware Fusion, um, I've got a, a Windows Active Directory, you know, DNS server as one VM. I've got a storage server as another VM, which is really just Windows, another Windows server running NFS and iSCSI um, Windows file services, so that's like my NAS, my virtual NAS, um, and then a vCenter VM uh, running Windows, and then a couple ESXi hosts, and I've still got room to add, you know, some more ESXi hosts, and the hosts even have 8 gigs of, of RAM assigned to them, which uh, is actually what my hardware physical servers used to have in the past that I did all my training on, they had 8 gigs of RAM. Uh, which isn't much, you know, anymore, but it's still plenty to run, you know, a couple of VMs or something on, on a virtual ESXi host, and it, it just performs really, really well. Like I can reboot everything and power everything on, and within a few seconds, everything's just back up and it, and it works. So um, I've been really, really pleased that I haven't had to have any, you know, dedicated hardware, and everything's just so fast and responsive. So uh, I'm thankful. It seems like it's finally gotten. To this point, <laughs> where it's all virtual and it works
1: what's ram do you have on that to support those thirty two gigs oh, thirty two okay
2: yeah mm-hmm.
0: so how how i mean have you checked the thresholds on there how close to that thirty two gigs do you do you get when you're running your lab day with a couple of vms
2: i haven't um, actually that's a good question uh, because the, ra- the the labs you know running right now uh, let's see i'm using twenty five gigs out of thirty two gigs right now, and so yeah I, I keep the lab running all the time and I still you know, do everything else on my computer and don't even notice that it's running with all those VMs, so... What
1: you, you get a uh, what processor? You got that thing, is it a...
2: It's a... Yeah, it's an i7... i7, okay. 4 i7. gigahertz. Okay. Yeah.
1: i7, big butt.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what
0: would be making the difference for you on that, though. Rather than the CPU and memory, it will be the storage. I mean, those cards on there, it would be like a... Um, SSD M2 card or something like that, and those things absolutely scream, you know, even if you're cashing down to them, uh, they're they're so quick, they're absolutely amazing. Um, Yeah, I look forward to actually, I mean, obviously with your Mac Pros, uh, you can get up to sixty, well, more than 64 gig now, but it'd be nice to see the iMacs come out with that option to, you know, because... I'm kind of finding with my lab work at the moment. Uh, I mean, I'm still running an ML110 G7. I've got 32 gigs in there, and at the moment, I'm just having a look. I'm running Windows Server 2012 as a domain controller, uh, the Virtual Center appliance, and it's consuming 18 gigs um, just with those two things. So you've only really got a little bit of headroom there for a few more VMs. So you know, if you could take that up to the 32 gigs, that would do, uh, sorry, 64 gigs. You know, then then you've got a bit more of a lab happening. Um yeah, I look forward to the time where where six you know, sixty four beca- well, thirty two becomes the norm, but 64 is a acceptable upgrade path.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too. I looked at buying that a Mac a Mac Pro just to get sixty four gigs, but the cost, you know, is just still so yeah. I don't know what they are, eight thousand dollars once I wow. maxed it all out or something. It was just crazy. Yeah. Um but the other thing is, I don't know if you guys have heard, but uh, Ravello Systems—they gave um, free access to all of the experts. Uh, and if, even if you're not a V expert, you know it's still like pennies per per minute, you know, uh, based on the resources you use, kind of like Amazon Web Services. So with Ravello, you've got uh, you can have a, a massive lab. I mean, uh, William Lamb has a, a blog post where he ran. I don't know, 256 ESXi hosts all running vSAN or something like that. You know, all through Ravello in the cloud, and you can clone VMs. You can, you know, you have templates, and um, it's really just it's amazing. You know what what you can do with with Ravello. Um, so if if people out there are looking for home lab solutions, you know, instead of dropping four grand on a on a new imac you know to try to do something or buying a nas or a couple home servers or something you know it might be a a good way to start and just you know spend 50 or 100 bucks and uh, and see what you can do um in the cloud
0: Mm. so so let's do a quick poll here i mean
2: you guys i mean
0: i think we're all from the background where we've always liked the hardware, the physical hardware, you know, having an ESXi host run on its own, own box type of thing. Um, where do you stand now? Have you shifted at all? Or is that still your preferred option for a lab or, um, you know, how have things changed for you over the past sort of year, couple of years?
1: I'm kind of on the fence. I, I still have all this physical stuff. I got two ML110s, three microservers, uh, iOmega and that. But just haven't had the time to get it up and running and upgrade and all that stuff. Um, So, and I've done workstation on my i7 PC here and that, and um, that's not too bad. And that, so I I could see going the more virtual route and that, or the cloud route and that, just uh, less headache to mess with hardware and all that stuff and that. But you know, having the hardware is always, if you're a geek and that, you always like that hands-on working with that stuff and that. So, so I I could kind of go either way, I think.
0: Uh, that's interesting. David?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I could kind of go either way as well. If if I had the time and, you know, the uh, little bit of extra cash to to tweak and build a, a home lab, I think I would still do it just because it would be fun. Um, but, you know, I guess the practical side of me is like, hey, if I can do everything virtual in Fusion or in the cloud and, and it works, um, you know, quickly, it has good response, then, then I'll just do that and, and be done with it. <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, for me, I think I'm.
0: Uh, yeah, I've definitely. I, I like the hands on hardware and I'm still running it. I mean, at the back there, I've got two ML115s, ML110. Oh, God. Uh, two microservers, G7s, one microserver, G8. But in reality, I've only got one server turned on. Um, I, I think I've swayed across now. I like. I would probably build. If I was going to build a, an all singing, all dancing environment now. I'd probably look at buying a, a white box or building a white box, something that's capable of perhaps taking, you know, 48 or 64 gigs of RAM, and they're just running sort of nested ESXi instances. Um, I haven't quite made that jump into the cloud yet, um, just because I haven't had to up, to up to now. I'm sure once I do, uh, I'll you know I'll see the virtues of uh, of going down that path. But I kind of like still being in control of the uh, the environment a little bit. I think, and that's the that's the old uh, the old school systems administrator in me a little bit. I think.
1: You know, a lot of people are going to those Nooks now, and that, that next unit of computing, and that those little small boxes that are kind of you know, optimized for, for space and efficiency. And at, uh, at the at Indie VMug, they were giving away um, kind of a home lab built on Nooks, and that, and um, a lot of the vendors. I know, like VM Turbo, has a lot of giveaways. They're giving away Nooks too, and that. So that that might be, if you want something efficient, small, and you know, something that's a little bit more manageable, and that that might be a route too. That's, that's more affordable.
0: Mm. Yeah, what's the, what's the hardware spec on there, Eric? I mean, sort of memory-wise, particularly. I, I, th-
1: I think I did a post on it. I haven't looked at it in a while in that. Um, but I, I thought it was fairly decent on what they can do in that and what they can upgrade in that. Um, and uh, it's such a small form factor because they're, they're pretty small boxes in that. And um, But they really packed a lot of stuff in there, I think. Yeah, I
2: looked at the Nooks when I was wanting to build a vSAN lab. Um, I ended up going with the the Apple Mac Minis. Which are similar to the Nooks because I believe they both. I mean, I know the Mac Minis max out at 16 gigs. I think the the Nooks still max out at 16 gigs. Um, the last time I looked, um, and both of them, you know, they don't have fans, so they're completely silent, and I, I really like that. Um, I went with the Mac Minis simply because I thought, you know, the resale value, and you know, if it, hey, if I didn't like it, I could just use it as a regular Mac. Um, and, and that worked, and I, but I know, yeah, like you said, a lot of people use the Nooks. To me, the problem was always just the the 16 gig, you know, of RAM, you know, limitation mm-hmm. and trying to squeeze, in my case, I tried to squeeze an SSD and a hard drive in there so I could do vSAN ah, okay. and there's, so there's a little bit of customization, you know, that you had to do to, to make it work. Um, so, yeah, I think, like Simon, if I could, if I could buy just one big server that had 64 gigs of RAM and run, you know, nested ESXi and stuff, that would be the way to go but yeah the nooks are pretty cool um something else when when you guys were talking i thought of is um i've used vmware hands-on labs a lot you know because it's free and they already have everything already loaded so like if you want to try you know if you realize automation or operations or you know vsan all these different things that normally you know takes so much work to get running it in your home lab so much work to get to that point um within you know uh, about two minutes, you can have access to all those different products for free, you know, without any lab at all. So it's, and they have a just a a sandbox, you know, vSphere sandbox. If you just want to play with vSphere for uh, a four-hour block of time, um, you can just few, a few clicks and provision that as well. So uh, it's a pretty cool, I think, home lab option if you if you want to call it that.
0: Yeah, well, definitely, it's the most cost-effective anyway, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's free, so uh, you're only paying for your time and your internet connection, so. Uh, right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> definitely save yourself a bit of money there. Right. Um, so Simon, I know you've been posting some videos recently about uh, VVNX. Um, I, I've heard of EMC's you know, hardware-based VNX, but honestly, I have no idea what a VVNX is. Is that something that you could use in a home lab?
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, um, so yeah, I'm just generating a series at the moment of how to install, configure, and run the virtual VNX uh, or VVNX. It's uh, its something called the Community Edition. And the Community Edition is a, is a free version um, of basically, you know, people watching this may have heard of the uh, Solera VSA and the VNX simulator before now. But literally, they were sort of simulated versions of, of the actual physical appliance and had, as such, had a lot of uh, limitations. Um, this is actually a whole new code base. Um, and uh, it's, it's probably, you know, when you're in the interface looking at it, uh, it's probably, more closely resembled to the VNXC 3200 uh, out there, but basically in a nutshell, what it is, it's a, it's a VSA. You can download for free, install in your lab. There's no time restrictions, or limits, or anything like that. Um, the only limit really is you've got four terabytes of uh, storage maximum that you can uh, you can assign to it, um, and there's no official support from EMC. So it's one of those uh, it's one of those products. So if you want some shared storage for your lab, uh, you can you just sign up on EMC.com, download it, get yourself the license key, and install. It. It's very easy to do. It's all wizard-driven. Um, and uh, you can be up and running with shared storage in no time. Now, the nice thing with it, um, you know, once you get the license file, you can do things like compression deduplication, snapshots, and play with all that sort of good stuff. So where it's good for, it's good for folks out there that perhaps have got a test dev environment, um, uh, people that want to educate or upskill themselves on, on the Phoenix and Unisphere web management interface. And, uh, you know, people like ourselves who run home labs and, you know, you don't want to shell out for a sort of a physical NAS appliance at all. Um, And the good thing with this as well, as opposed to the earlier versions, admittedly the Celera could do block and file, uh, but the more recent VNX Simulator could only ever do file, but this new version can do block and file. So, you know, you can have a real good play around. It does SIFS, you know, um, all the usual stuff on it. So, uh, yeah, pretty Pretty, pretty, pretty good product there, actually, and uh, yeah, like I say, it's all web-based. Follow your nose, click, 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 and off you go. So yeah, it's a lot, of, lot easier than those earlier versions. So uh, yeah,
2: cool. <laughs> that's that's what I've been up to. Cool. Yeah, I saw you posted three videos. Is that, um, is that the install and configuration or install and setup? Yeah, it's one of those ones. I I, I just wanted to. I thought, oh, I'll just
0: do a quick, quick couple of videos. And you know what it's like. It's like you could either. I had two approaches to it. I could either. Do a click by click and then discuss what i'm doing as i go on and that's that's the approach i ended up taking and it's amazing you know once you start talking to talking to camera and you're doing things you know i, I thought okay two videos max i'm up to the third one at the moment it'll probably be about four, five videos long I've, I've purposely kept each video short to about between five and seven minutes, um, but it will really just handhold someone through the process of doing that. Um, but in reality, I'll, I'll probably do like an abridged version, you know, for those folks out there are perhaps uh, more technically comfortable with with installing sort of products such as the VSA, where you just like click there, click there, click there, and don't give any background of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and best practices and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, so uh, yeah, it's amazing how something quite small, you end up sort of end up doing a sort of four or five video series um, <laughs> on that, albeit only five-minute videos, apparently. Piece. but uh, yeah it's been it's been good fun good good product I've enjoyed uh, playing with it and have yeah got up and running in my lab now and uh you always like trying out new products you know whether it's uh, you know from EMC or other vendors it's you know I think uh, you know all us geeks at heart we always like uh, kicking the tires and trying out new new technologies so um
2: Right. Yeah. Does it support VAI? Uh yes it does yes. Okay. Yes it supports VAI. So that's uh, pretty well. cool. You know as compared to using like I'm using Windows server uh, for yep. NFS and iSCSI, so it supports VAAI, and then uh, does it do VVolS yet, or or not yet?
0: Not not as yet. Okay. Um, yeah, the, 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 I know Chad. Chad has got a blog post about it where he mentions. Uh, I think he mentioned Q3 um, for, for for potentially having VVolS on that. Um, you know, the the, the Wizards. Uh, I mean, a lot of it's or GUI-based and what have you. So you know, you can either you can jump into the nuts and bolts of it via command line if you want, uh, and also via to some extent via the um, web interface as well. But if you're not familiar, if you're not a storage admin, um, it is it is easy to just jump in there and use a lot of the you know the wizards to take you through to spin stuff up because you can actually create uh, VMFS data stores as well just through a couple of clicks of the button. You tell tell the uh, the, the wizard about the ESXi host or your you know your vSphere environment. It can then tell you, you know, all the VMs that are currently running on there, how much storage it's, it's, you know, each one's consuming, what VMs are running on there, and then what you can do is actually, it's easy, just a few clicks. You then can uh, can configure a um, or deploy a a new VMFS data store up to those hosts without even touching, uh, you know, the uh, vCenter interface at all. So yeah, there's a couple of cool little things like that. Um, Yeah, so it's good to good to play around with, and uh, and
2: it supports uh, VASA, so I can create storage policies. Uh yeah, a one, probably.
0: Yeah. Um. So with that one, you can can specify your tiers of storage on there. Okay. So when you when you're creating your uh, your data stores on there, you can specify uh, whether it's oh god, I've got to remember that what exact terminology it was. Um, capacity, performance, and extreme performance. So basically, uh, what what that equates to is if basically you're running near line storage would equate to capacity. Um. And then you've got your uh, normal SAS disks, which was the performance, and then you've got your high performance, which is obviously your SSDs. Cool. So uh, yeah, that's what they sort of relate to. Uh, one one function you don't get with it. So that license file you download and install and everything, um, you don't get fast VP at all with this as a free product. It's um, and that's your sort of uh, you know your file auto tiering between your tiers uh, of storage. Okay. So you okay. don't you don't get that uh, at all in in that license file. Um,
2: but that's pretty cool. I, I don't yeah. know of many um, uh, free community VSAs that support VAAI and, and VASA and you know block and file both. So yeah, it yeah,
0: like yeah, it's good. Fun. That's why I've I've enjoyed playing around with it. You know, the VNX simulator that's been out for a number of years now. It was always good. It, uh, it just yeah, it was almost there but not quite. Um, so this is this this is good. And like I say, a whole new code. You know, code rewrite. Um, and it's a proper VSA as opposed to a simulator. So yeah, yeah, it was good. So uh, it's nice to get my hands. And starting on that, I mean, Eric, uh, in your role working for a vendor as well, I mean, you you know, I know HP's got some great stuff there you can download as well, um, play around with.
1: Yeah, our, our VSA is, as well. Is, uh, I think we have a one terabyte um, free edition on there and that. Um, and we pack it with every pro server too. I think we give you four terabytes or something with it as well there. But yeah, just a great way to, you know, if you don't have the storage and you want kind of a full, for, full functioning storage array SAN, and your lab environment VSAs are a great way to get that and there's a lot of other I think like Starwind um, another one that has yeah um, small little SAM and um, VSA and uh, is is the there's a couple is a open filer is that still up there yeah right? i believe
2: yes it, yeah open filer i think Nexenta also has a free okay. community they? VSA yeah so what's the HP uh, open filer is it it used to be the left hand, used to be called left hand. What's it called today? Store, store virtual VSA. Store virtual VSA, yeah. okay. Yeah, that
1: is the one we have.
2: And does it, um, is it NFS or? It's iSCSI. iSCSI, okay. Yep. Okay. Oh, fuck. Cool.
1: No vVALs yet. Okay. <laughs> no,
0: I think that's, that's what everyone's hanging out for, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just created
1: vVALs and you need a, an array that supports it. So VSA is a good way to, you know, if it supports it, that'd be great to have to get hands on with it.
2: Yeah, I just created a video um, in my vSphere f- uh, six storage uh, course on vVols, uh, and thanks to the the vChat we did, uh, or the previous vChat we did, uh, I learned a lot, and I was prepared, and and all of Eric's uh, tips uh, really helped me for that, uh, so I appreciate it. But unfortunately, I didn't have a, a vVol capable storage array to actually demo you know, how to configure a vVol. So yeah. uh, that's something you know. As soon as the VSAs start supporting Vballs, I'd love to go back and update that and actually show this is how you configure it. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool.
0: It's awesome. No, definitely. As always with your with, with your labs, there's always new uh, gadgets and gizmos to download and play around with. Normally, uh, it's just getting the time, isn't it? Really,
1: always about time.
0: <laughs> so, so guys, uh, since we last spoke, any any new uh, geek or tech purchases at all? Uh, new additions to your uh, Geek, geek caves there
1: yeah i bought this little cool new uh hp just released a new uh pavilion little um kind of notebook there and that um and that cool thing about this is it's kind of multi-function in that it's not just a little kind of laptop but it can you can pull it apart oh no
0: you broke it it's broken.
1: yeah uh, i know ripped it in into... it it's got a good warranty yeah. <laughs> you can uh you know put it on this way so now the keyboard folds under and that and now it's just uh a tablet and that. And the price point on it was great in that. $299 um, for it, which uh, was a pretty good deal. Comes with 32 gig of uh, flash storage and that. Or you can upgrade that to 64 and um, upgradable to Windows 10 which is available now at a, mm. at a PC near you. And uh, so yeah, I'm anxious to get Windows 10 on here. and that. I've never really liked the 8.1 interface. Although for tablets, I, I guess it does play better because of the, all that touch and the tiles and that. But if you're running. The thing I found also is, it's weird running Windows on a on a tablet in that because you get with tablets traditionally like um, iPads and things like that, you're used to things just working in that. But with Windows on a tablet, oh, you got to drivers and patches and all sorts of other crap you got all those headaches all over again on, on tablets you just you just want them to work and not have to do all that other extra stuff in that so so but i'm getting kind of used to you know doing it all and it seems to be fairly um you know, straightforward in that. i think when windows 10 gets on there um still waiting i'm on i've reserved my copy in that supposedly they're staggering out the uh the, the release and that so you can uh, it'll mm. eventually show up in your downloads supposedly it'll download in the background at some point everybody's eligible for windows 10 even if you have a pirated copy and uh, so microsoft's really trying to push everybody to windows 10 get people off xp and <laughs> windows <laughs> 7 and uh, all the all, all to 10 and that so and i think I, I was reading today that the first day i think which was yesterday they had 14 million downloads of Windows 10 and that. So they're getting pretty aggressive about pushing that out, so. Uh, it's pretty
0: good uptake. Yeah, yeah I know my, my new laptop time, right? there, when I first, first started it up, it had a little thing, do you want to uh, you know, reserve your copy of Windows 10, which I have, so uh, yeah, I should crank that up later today and see whether I've. Uh,
1: yeah, I've been checking. I'm, I'm on I'm the st- queue. I'm still, and it doesn't tell you when, and that, but supposedly it'll just download it in the background and at some point it'll pop up saying it's ready to install. And Yes. Yeah, uh, the key thing to get it is there's two KB patches um, from Microsoft that kind of activate the Get Windows 10 app or install it into your taskbar. So make sure you do a Windows update to get all the latest Windows patches. There's two specifically that will install that'll get the the PC triggered to, to pull down Windows 10.
0: Mm-hmm. It's funny, there's part of me thinking, yeah, I want to jump in, you know, early adopter, blah 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 but uh, as we all know, you know, I think we've all been bitten before sometimes, not just with Windows OS but other products as well you know, part of me thinks, ah, hold off for a couple of months, you know, let the dust settle let them sort of iron out the creases a little bit but uh, I know they've been very good with the beta program with this, you know, it's been quite an open beta so hopefully a lot of those early teething problems that these, you know, these uh, new release of OS's have, hopefully there's not too many of them.
1: And for me, on my main PC, I'm I'm not going to upgrade stick to windows 7 you know personally i just never liked their tile thing even though it's muted down and you have a start in windows 10 windows 7 works i'm gonna stick with it you know if it ain't broke don't fix it and that but on on things like this or a newer pc that's running 8 i I would definitely go to to windows 10 and that and you know maybe at some point i think their their free upgrade offer is only good for one year so maybe at some point you know nine months ten months on the road maybe I'll, i'll make the jump over here as well
0: yeah, yeah, I'm with you as well. I've never gelled with Windows 8. 8.1 8, was a little bit better. It gave you a bit more flexibility, but I downloaded this uh it's a third-party free to download app, a sort of shareware app thing called Classic Shell. And basically that brings you it brings your uh, familiar-looking sort of uh, start button back okay. with your menus and yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a band-aid The thing, thing is with 8, an... I
1: always have to google how to do things. <laughs> everything with that stupid window. You know, all the tiles, all that crap. You don't have this traditional picking program. So mm-hmm. I'm always Googling on my kids' PCs trying to do fix things or whatever, Googling how to do things. And I just kind of hate what they did with it and that. So I'll be anxious to see in Windows 10, you know, if we have a lot of that stuff back.
0: Yeah, I had that with Windows Server, actually, when they went from Server 2003 to, what was it, 2008. The big UI change there. Everything was okay. wizard-driven, and they sort of, I don't know, I felt they dumbed it down a little bit. and it's uh, mm-hmm. I just had difficulty sort of finding everything, but, uh, you know. Adjusted to it now. Yeah, uh, but, uh, I'm still amazed no.
2: at the price point of that that device you got there. I mean, compare that to an iPad. Um, it's cheaper, and it looks like you've got a much larger screen and a full keyboard.
1: Yeah, yeah full keyboard. Um, real nice keyboard, too, in that. Um, and, um, it's got a, that new – what's that new USB port? The, the C port or something? USB-C, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's got the C port. It's got um, HDMI out. It's got an SD USB. Um, it's got the uh, Bang & Olufsen kind of sound system on the sides there. Wow. So, really nice the uh, the camera and everything. Um, real nice unit. I was really impressed with it in that. And um, I think this that's is...
0: interesting. So it's got the Bang & Olufsen because I I saw that uh, HP's uh, deal with the uh, what was it the, the Dr. Dre that fell through the went to West. because Apple the Beats. The, yeah, yeah, that went.
1: Now, so we we not dealing with Beats. It went
0: with Bang & Olufsen. So you know quite a nice shift there to you know another very reputable. Uh, you know, a well-respected well, well respected audio brand.
1: Yeah, I mean, or you can just take the keyboard off and just use it, you know, without the keyboard flip back. So there's, like, multiple ways you can use this thing on that, which is, is kind of cool.
0: Mm. Yeah, before buying my my, my laptop uh, recently, I, I was looking at the um, the Windows Surface, Um I've heard a lot yeah, of the, the Microsoft about that. Yeah, I was to, Yeah, I had Chad Ted on the the, the podcast, um, the other podcast I do um, the, the other day, and he had one there, and uh, yeah, he said it was great. So you know, it's working really well, and, and what have you. So I was thinking about that because I do like the the weight of it, but it wasn't quite. I mean, it's not as light as Nightpad. Um
1: price is isn't like eight ninety nine or something. Yeah, for the pro <clears> version. That's, that's yeah. The whole the whole thing is that price on that is, is pretty high. Yeah, and the keyboard
2: yeah. to me was really awful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was
1: it me? that little? That the rubberized. Uh, yeah, the, the rubberized okay. keyboard, yeah. I
2: couldn't stand to type on that for very long. Okay. So, well, cool stuff, guys. I really appreciate this. Uh, we learned what, what did we learn about uh, VMworld, VMugs, uh, Home Labs, uh, VSAs, VVN? VVNX, and uh, Windows 10. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. That's pretty good coverage. That's not bad in uh,
0: in forty minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, awesome guys. It's great catching up as always. Likewise. Until next time. Yep. Talk to you real soon.
1: All Thanks, right. guys. Bye
0: bye. Yeah. Bye bye.